You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what's going on? You guys know the deal by now. It's your boy Sosa Kremenges, as always, a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Welcome to your Thursday edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys for checking back in with us. And today's episode is going to be an interesting one. We're going to delve into three segments like we always do. And in the first segment, we're going to talk about players that we expect to take a big step forward in 2021, whether that be due to a positional opening in terms of guys leaving ahead of them or guys that are just straight up developing. We're going to talk about guys that fit that mold. In the second segment, we're going to dive into our positional review and move on from the quarterback position to the running back position. There's plenty to talk about in that regard. And then to round it all out, we're going to finish off with some funny and interesting news about the Rams coaching staff and a member formerly of the Rams coaching staff and what it means for the Rams moving forward. To start it all out, I mentioned that we're going to start the first segment talking about players that I expect to take a big step forward in this next coming season here. Obviously, we're going to look mostly at positions that are now going to be opened up in terms of a lot of snaps being vacated due to guys probably leaving. We obviously don't know yet for sure who might come back and who might leave of the free agents that the Rams are slated to have in this offseason. But I think we can probably assume that certain guys are going to be tougher to retain. Guys like John Johnson, the safety, outside linebacker Leonard Floyd, more expensive players, guys who are likely going to reach somewhere near the top of their respective positions in terms of their pay. And those are going to be mainly the names and positions I think that we're going to cover here. So to begin, I think the very first player we've got to look at is safety Taylor Rapp. He's going to now become a starter again. He was slated to be a starter in 2020 and was injured during training camp. And ultimately it set him back. Then sixth round pick Jordan Fuller comes in essentially steals his job and Rapp is kind of sidelined and starting to play that third safety role for a little while and he looked all right at best and then he goes down with another injury goes to injured reserve about mid-season and we never hear from him again and essentially he finished the season on the injured reserve list and that was a very very disappointing year for a guy who had a promising rookie season who the Rams drafted in the second round of the 2019 draft and a guy who was obviously very talented coming out of Washington I think he has a chance in this season to not only be a starter again, potentially take over the role that's going to be vacated by John Johnson if he does not return. And I do think that Rap could fit that role very well. He's a guy who can come down and play the run. He takes very good angles with his tackles. He's a very sure tackler in open space. Uh, he can cover tight ends man to man. I don't think he's as good as John Johnson was this past season, but that's why players develop. And I do think he's got a shot to do that. And I think that he's going to be an important player for the team, specifically for the defense this season. Even if they do find a way to retain John Johnson, they do like to run a lot of three safety sets, and that would open up a space for Rap to play if he didn't already beat Fuller for the opposite starting safety job. I'm going to stick at that same position and talk about one of my favorite players on the team, a guy that I absolutely loved coming out of the draft, Terrell Burgess, the third round pick out of Utah. This is a guy who can really play every position on the back end of the secondary. He's a guy who can play single high, he can play in two high shells, he can play in the box, he can play as a pseudo linebacker, and maybe his best spot is in the nickel cornerback spot. He did all of these things at Utah, he graded out very well at all of them. He's a guy who can find the football, make plays on the football, good tackler, good in coverage. I am really high on Terrell Burgess, maybe a little bit too high to be quite honest with you for a guy 
who hasn't really done anything in the league just yet. Now, he also was injured midseason and actually broke his ankle. It was a very gross, and he's been sidelined ever since. Obviously, he missed the entire season after breaking his ankle, which was unfortunate, but he was starting to see a little bit more reps. He was finally looking like he belonged in the NFL. He was starting to get a little bit more playing time, and he was starting to make some nice plays on the field for the defense. Now, again, it was unfortunate that his season got cut short, but that's kind of how it works, unfortunately, in the NFL when it comes to injuries. But I do think Burgess is a guy who could come in and start this upcoming season. I don't know if that's going to be at safety. I don't know if that's going to be at the nickel corner spot. As you guys probably know by now, the Rams also have Troy Hill slated to hit free agency, and he was their starting nickel corner. So there is definitely a role and an opportunity for Burgess to step up here and find a way to play 60, 70, 80% of the snaps, whether that be a little bit safety, a little bit of nickel corner, a little bit of linebacker, dime linebacker. I think he can do all of these things for the defense this season. And he's absolutely one of the players that I'm most definitely going to keep my eyes on entering this season. I want to flip to the other side of the ball now and look at the two impact rookies that everyone is expecting to step up in this season that sort of stepped up in the last season already in their rookie seasons. And that's running back K-Makers and wide receiver Van Jefferson. You know, these were the two first picks for the Rams in the last draft in 2020. Akers was the 52nd overall pick, Van Jefferson the 57th overall pick. Both guys that are very talented. Akers obviously took control of that backfield and ultimately looked like the best running back on the team. And he did essentially lead the way with rushing yards and rushing attempts. So he's already pseudo running back one for the team. And I expect it to continue to sway in his direction in terms of more work, more ground game work, more pass reception work, more blocking work. I think the opportunity is there with Malcolm Brown set to hit free agency. And not only that, but Akers is now going to be healthy. He did get hurt last season in his rookie season in week three. It was a completely fluke and random injury where he got tackled from behind, landed on a football, and it somehow tore up some rib cartilage. So that was really random, but it did knock him out for a little while. And, you know, it took him a while to come back and the Rams did have Daryl Henderson in his spot and he was performing very well. So Akers eventually took some time to finally come back, finally seize that starting role, get comfortable with the playbook. And he looked like an absolute superstar towards the end of the season, as well as in the playoffs. He was actually the second leading rusher in the playoffs and the Rams only played in two games. So that's obviously a good thing. And Van Jefferson, he teased his real potential in the final game of the season against the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round of the playoffs. Cooper Cup was out of the game with a knee injury, and Van Jefferson had to step up as the wide receiver three, and he did exactly that. He was the leading receiver for the team that day. Uh, He looked very sharp in terms of his route running. He's an older guy, so you expect him to be ready right out of the gate in terms of his development. He's a guy who should be further along in his development in terms of his route running ability, his technicality of the receiver position. And if you guys don't know, his dad is actually a wide receivers coach in the NFL, and he actually just got hired by the Arizona Cardinals. So it's now going to be a little bit of a Jefferson showdown in the NFC West, which is going to be fun. But again, that kind of ties into why Van Jefferson was a little bit more pro ready than a lot of other guys at his position. And in terms of rookies, just in general, why he's further along the rookie arc when it comes to being able to produce right out of the gate. I mentioned the running back position as well as K-Makers a second ago, and it was a very, very productive spot for the Rams this season with two players stepping up and three players sharing the load. And that is exactly what we're going to talk about in the next segment. We're going to continue our positional review series with the running back position and highlight and low light what happened for the Rams coming out of this group in 2020. And while we've got you, make sure to come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. 
You can find me at QB's MVP and you can find the page at Locked On Rams. Folks, are you having any car troubles? Do you ever go outside to find your car tires flat or your car won't start? You should absolutely check out rockauto.com for your service needs. Rock Auto is a family-owned business and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. There isn't a better time than right now to support a family-owned business with the strange COVID-related times that we're living in. If you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional and are looking for reliably low prices, you guys should absolutely check out Rock Auto. Go to their website and check out all of their available parts. It's a truly never-ending list, and if your car needs it, they've probably got it. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us so they know that we sent you. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. Don't miss this week's episode featuring Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discussing the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. There's a new episode coming next week, so go ahead and subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the second segment of this Thursday edition of the Locked On Rams pod. I talked about it a second ago prior to going into the break. We're going to continue our positional review series in this segment, and we finished the quarterback position a few days ago, and now we've got to go to the running backs, and this was arguably the best spot for the Rams in terms of their offense. I think the running back position was maybe their best producing position. It was probably their most consistent, even though it took a few different guys to do what they had to do. Ironically enough, veteran Malcolm Brown was the guy to start off the fun festivities, and he actually ranked third in terms of the rushing attempts. So we'll kind of go in order in terms of who ranked first to last in terms of all these respective statistics. So in terms of rushing attempts, Cam Akers, the rookie, led the way with 145. Daryl Henderson, second-year player, came in second with 138. And veteran Malcolm Brown finished in third with 101. You look at the rushing yards, Cam Akers had 625 Henderson 624, Brown 419, only one yard separated Akers and Henderson. Mind you, these are the regular season statistics. They don't take into account the two dominant postseason games that Cam Akers put together against the Seahawks and the Packers, and he definitely looked like the best running back in the NFL, at least in the postseason. I don't think there was another running back that performed as well as he did in the postseason, specifically in those first two weeks where the Rams were actually involved in the festivities. You look at their touchdowns, K-Makers only had two on the season. Henderson and Brown had five apiece, which was obviously good. Their missed tackles forced. Akers 21, Henderson 22, Brown 16, and this is according to Pro Football Focus. You look at their missed tackles forced per attempt. Akers had 0.14, Henderson 0.16, and Brown 0.16. So all three guys were very good producers in terms of making defenders miss, creating extra yardage after contact, which is always a very important trait for running backs. Anybody can run through a wide open hole and gain five or seven yards when the hole is a big one due to the offensive line's play. Where the good running backs separate themselves from the average or not good running backs is when they can take that five-yard play, make a guy, make two guys miss, and turn that little five-yard run into a 15-yard run or a 30-yard run or a 57-yard touchdown. Those are the guys that get paid in the league Those are the premier talents in the league. And I think we've seen that from Cam Akers because he had multiple 40 or 50 yard runs in the season. Even when he wasn't touching the ball, you could just see how much big play potential he oozed 
as a running back, as a weapon. I don't think he was utilized anywhere nearly enough in terms of the passing game. I don't think any of these guys were. You know, Henderson is a guy who can go out, run some routes, catch the football, and be a mismatch. Brown is not that guy. He's more of a plotter, terrific pass protector, but I think that's pretty much his role maybe as a short yardage back as well, but he is a free agent, so it seems like the Rams are going to be moving on from him. In terms of Akers and Henderson, I think both of these guys are very capable of running in between the tackles, running outside the tackles, running gap scheme concepts like we've seen a lot from Cam Akers this season, running outside or inside zone concepts, majority of which came from Daryl Henderson, which I'm not exactly sure why the Rams did that. I'm curious as to why their running splits were so drastically different between the runners. You've seen a lot more gap style concepts for KM Akers and a lot more zone scheme concepts for Daryl Henderson. So that was weird. And I'm very curious as to why they did that, but we don't have an answer. So I can't really speculate or give you guys a reason as to why. Maybe they just think that Daryl Henderson has better vision and KM Akers is the tougher grinded out guy, but I'm not certain on that. That's kind of just me spitballing. And then Malcolm Brown, I mean, he did a little bit of everything. He was more so just the personal pass protector towards the end of the season, and I think that was his best role. You look at the yards per carry, Cam Akers, 4.3, Daryl Henderson, 4.5, Malcolm Brown, 4.2, and then the yards after contact per attempt, Cam Akers came in with 2.8, Henderson with 2.7, and Brown with 2.2, and I think that statistic right there pretty much sums up in terms of the best to worst player. The guys who are getting contacted relatively early and that are able to churn out more yardage afterwards that is the guy I want touching the ball the most and that's Cam Akers he had a 2.8 Henderson was right behind with a 2.7 and then Brown like I mentioned had the lone third spot with his 2.2 which again isn't bad I mean Brown was solid and that's who he is he's a solid veteran you know what you're getting but you're not getting any explosion no acceleration nothing like that that is where Daryl Henderson comes into play. That is where Cam Akers come into play. And you've seen it so many times this season. Cam Akers had a very, very long run, I believe, against the Washington football team. There might have been two more, actually. I think there was three 40 or 50-plus yard rushes, all very impressive. You've seen another one against the New York Jets. That drive, actually, there was like a 20-yarder, then a 15-yarder, and then a 20-yarder. A touchdown that was called back from a holding call. I believe it was on one of the interior offensive linemen. I can't recall who now, which was unfortunate because, you know, that penalty ultimately lost the Rams that game and took a lot of yardage off the board for Akers. But hey, that's the way the game goes sometimes. And that is why I'm excited about this position. Akers is the lead back, the running back one. He, to me, is the most clearly talented running back of the group. I mean, the eye test he passes, he's so strong at the point of contact he churns out yardage. He can create big plays. Uh, he has the very good vision to find and set up holes and manipulate defenders to actually give himself an opportunity to go find holes that aren't there by waiting and being patient and allowing his offensive line to work and setting himself up, kind of being two steps ahead of defenders. And that, I think, is one of his most underrated traits. And then Henderson, I think, is a very good, talented back in his own right. I think, you know, if he starts all of this past season for the Rams, he's easily a 1,000-yard rusher. If he continues throughout the rest of the season, he had some nicks and some knacks. I'm not exactly sure what his injuries were, but you could always see him hobbling off here and there. And it was one hit that changed his season a little bit. I can't recall which one it was, but it kind of messed him up in terms of his injuries, which never really seemed to subside. But Again, he's a guy that could have easily crossed 1,000 in his own right. And he's also explosive. And you've seen his breakout game, I think, came against the Eagles where... K-Makers, ironically enough, 
was hurt. That was the game. Cam Akers got hurt. And then you've seen Henderson step up and just dominate and really hold the torch for at least four or five, six weeks until Akers was back and fully healthy and ready to, you know, recapture that role as the running back one, or even just finally get that role as the running back one, because before that, he didn't really get that many opportunities. As a whole, I think the running back group would grade out as an A- minus for me. I thought they were tremendous. I think there's so much potential with the Akers and Henderson duo. Moving forward, these are two of the better running backs in the league, maybe one of the best duos in the league. I think they have the potential to be a top two, top three duo in terms of duos at running back across the league. I think they're that good. And then when you look at their production from 2020, I thought they did such a good job. They looked explosive. They looked decisive. And they proved why they belong and why the Rams want to build around these guys in the ground game and moving forward as the focal point of the offense. I think that's what they should do. And I think that's what they are going to do moving forward with a new quarterback in Matthew Stafford, who can actually push the ball deep and lighten the box, allowing more space and more opportunities for productive runs from this group. In the final segment after this break, we're going to touch on the coaching staff for the Los Angeles Rams and some funny tidbits that came from a former coach on the Rams staff. And while we've got you, make sure to come back to us on Friday and check back for your fan mail Friday edition of the Locked on Rams podcast. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. BetOnline.ag. Thursdays on Locked On NFL are a must-listen as Ryan Tracy and Jake Lisko break down teams across the NFL from an analytics and team-building perspective. Get the expert analysis on your favorite teams from Ryan and Jake every Thursday. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the final segment of this Thursday edition of the Locked On Rams pod. I appreciate you guys for sticking around this long with me. As always, I appreciate your time and you guys delving back into these episodes with me. It makes it so much funner for me to cover and it really gives me all this extra energy and positivity going into the offseason where the Rams look like they're going to come out as one of the favorites for the potential Super Bowl winning spot in 2021 and that is enough to get any fan hyped i would think that is going to make this season very fun now i mentioned prior to the break that we were going to talk about some funny stuff that happened with the rams in terms of their coaching staff and a little bit of good news because the rams as you guys probably know by now if you've kept up the rams have been poached unlike any other franchise that i think i've ever seen in terms of this offseason how many coaches have left the rams getting promotions at other places or even just going for you know similar jobs. And we've seen that from a guy like Joe Barry. Joe Barry was a guy who came to LA with Sean McVay. They had a relationship from the Washington days. Joe Barry was a former defensive coordinator there. He joined the Rams in 2017 with McVay as the assistant head coach and the linebackers coach. And he was there all the way up until a few weeks ago. After that, Brandon Staley gets hired as the Los Angeles Chargers head coach. And Brandon Staley actually poaches Joe Barry to go to his staff and he joins the Chargers as a linebackers coach so it was a neutral move it wasn't even a promotion so the Rams could have I think blocked it as far as I know but they allowed him to go he took the job as far as I know and two weeks later you fast forward he's on the move again this is a guy who now gets a promotion he just got hired as the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator I don't think I've ever seen that before this is a guy who took one new job in two weeks 
And then two weeks later, got another new job. This guy was promoted essentially twice in a month span. That is insane. I heard that maybe the Chargers job actually fell through and that could be true. I'm not certain. I never seen that news come through, but I do know that he was initially supposed to join their staff at least. And the Rams obviously moved on because they didn't have Joe Barry return to his role with the Rams. And they moved on in terms of the coordinator spot with Raheem Morris at the defensive coordinator spot, taking over from Brandon Staley, which is just funny. I've never heard of this before, but it goes to show once again, another member of the Rams staff getting a promotion in a bit of a weird way, but Again, another guy getting poached, another coach getting another promotion, and another member getting a different job across the league because of their relationship with Sean McVay. And it is very, very interesting to note that the Green Bay Packers head coach right now, Matt LaFleur, was the offensive coordinator for Sean McVay in 2017. So he did create some relationships with the staff that Sean McVay had with the Rams in 2017, 2018, all that stuff. Matt LaFleur actually left after 2017. And that is probably why he actually handpicked Joe Barry as his defensive coordinator. What's funny about that though, is that he also interviewed Ejiro Evero, the current safety coach for the Rams. So it's just a mishmash of like all these coaches getting poached, trying to get poached, getting interviews left, right, and center. Evero nearly got the defensive coordinator job for the Packers, and he would have been another coach getting poached off the staff. But luckily enough, he's going to now revert to his job as the safeties coach for the Rams in Los Angeles. Joe Barry is going to be the one that gets the defensive coordinator role in Green Bay. And LaFleur is the guy who had relationships with both of these guys, presumably from their time in Los Angeles together, and was clearly going to bring a guy that he knew very well onto his own staff. And again, it's just very funny to talk about how poached the Rams have been on their coaching staff and how many guys have interviewed for different places. It's also a great thing to see, right? As a fan, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, when are our coaches going to stop getting poached? And, you know, I understand that aspect of it for sure. But at the same time, this is a positive because a lot of coaches are going to want to come work for Sean McVay. A lot of coaches are going to want to get into this culture, into this infrastructure that the Rams have to try and go get promotions elsewhere. That's the point of coaching is these guys want to reach their pinnacle of their careers and the Rams are allowing them to and not only allowing them to, but giving them good opportunities and experiences to allow them to go interview different places, to develop as coaches, network across the league, build relationships. And the proof is in the pudding. I mean, you look at all these guys getting different jobs, getting promotions, getting interviews at least. It's awesome to see. It's built a very good structure and chemistry an aura about the Rams building. And I think that's why Sean McVay can essentially just go get whoever he wants, whenever he wants, because everyone knows that, yeah, you know what? I might need to be a position coach for another year, or I might have to sacrifice for another year. But this guy is proven to put coaches in good positions to ultimately get to where they want to be. And we've seen that with coach after coach. And ironically enough, also the front office in this offseason. And it's a good thing to see. It means the Rams are doing well. It means they're producing good coaches. It means they have good coaches on their roster. And ultimately, you want to see these guys go to different places and succeed. And that is the hope and plan for all of these guys that left. But it is also good to get Evero back in the building to try and keep some continuity in the building, specifically in that secondary position that was absolutely lights out and the best position on the Rams roster in 2020 and the best secondary in football in 2020 that is all we got for you guys on this episode make sure to shoot your questions over to me on twitter or wherever you might want to find me 
for the next Fan Mail Friday edition of this podcast, which is going to be tomorrow. I appreciate you guys for sticking around with me and listening to another episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. Make sure to keep checking back in with us because we're not going to slow down on our off-season coverage for the Los Angeles Rams. Just a reminder, you can find me on Twitter at QBsMVP. You can find the page at LockedOnRams. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.